0: Good morning everyone, if you'd like to take your Bibles and turn them to the Gospel of Luke, the first chapter, Gospel of Luke chapter 1, and once you have found your place there at Luke 1, hold it and turn back to the passage we've uh, been reading through, because there's really not much of a better introduction to Luke 1, where we find ourselves in Luke 1, Then Psalm 89. Now, every Sunday morning, we read through the Psalms. Sometimes we don't read through an entire Psalm. Uh, Sometimes, I mean, I I get it. I mean, Psalm 89 is 52 verses. I, I get it, but. Trying to just figure out how much trouble I want to get into here. I get it. But to get Psalm 89, you really have to read all of Psalm 89 because it is trauma. Psalm 89 is the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. Psalm 89 begins in the first three verses, introducing these words that, that reoccur over and over for the first 37 verses. I will sing of the steadfast love of the Lord forever with my mouth. I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. For I said, steadfast love will be built up forever. In the heavens you establish your faithfulness. You have said, I have made a covenant with With my chosen one, I have sworn to David, my servant. I will establish your offspring forever and build your throne for all generations. Steadfast love forever. Steadfast love forever. Faithfulness, covenant forever. Throne, verse 5, your faithfulness. Verse 8, your faithfulness. Verse 14, your throne and steadfast love and faithfulness. Verse 34, my faithfulness and steadfast love. 28, my steadfast love I will keep forever and my covenant will stand firm. Verse 29, I will establish his offspring forever, his throne as the days of the heavens. Verse 33, my steadfast love, my faithfulness. Verse 34, I will not violate my covenant. Verse 36, your offspring will endure forever, his throne as long as the sun Verse 37, it shall be established forever. But now, verse 38, but now you've cast off and rejected. You are full of wrath against your anointed. You have renounced the covenant. Verse 44, you have cast his throne to the ground. Verse 46, will you hide yourself forever? Verse 49, where is your steadfast love, which by your faithfulness you swore to David? When the house of David fell, it was disaster. Not just because the house of David and the throne of David and the kingdom of David was overthrown. It was an assault against God and who he is. God had said to David, Your throne, your house, your kingdom is going to last forever. This is an assault on God and who He is, what He has promised. It was a tragedy. And for 600 years, the people have been living in this tragedy. We don't have a king, God's word has fallen. Can we even trust him? That's where we find ourselves in Luke chapter 1. That's the kind of person and day in which we're living. For 600 years, God's promises, we can't trust them. Where, where is the house of David? Where is his king? Luke chapter 1, verse 26. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, how will this be, since I'm a virgin? Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. In those days Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah. And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord. And my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent empty away. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. Heavenly Father, we pray that your spirit would reveal your word to us this morning, that your spirit would Strengthen us to hear and to believe and to obey the word that we hear this morning. Father, I pray that in my weakness you would be strong. In Jesus' name, amen. Mary, every Saturday night, the Orthodox Christians around the world, Orthodox practicers, if you so choose, say of Mary, Most holy, most pure, most blessed, glorious lady, Theotokos, God-bearer, and ever virgin, more honorable than the cherubim, more glorious beyond compare than the seraphim, who without corruption gave birth to God the word, you are truly Theotokos. We magnify you. Most holy Theotokos, save us. In the Catholic Church, she is the blessed mother, the cause of our joy, the mother of mercy, the most holy, the most pure, the immaculate, the most blessed, the gate of heaven, the mother of good counsel, the comforter of the afflicted, the co-redemptrix, the gate of heaven, the house of gold, the mother of divine grace, the mother of perpetual help, refuge of sinners, treasure house of God's graces, queen of angels, queen of heaven, queen of all saints, queen of peace, seed of wisdom, virgin most faithful, virgin most merciful, Virgin Most Powerful, Joy of the Just, Health of the Sick, Morning Star, Refuge of Sinners, Mother of Mercy. And I left out about a few hundred more. Hopefully, your heart has, has a little bit of pushback against such acclamation, against Mary. Against, not Mary, but those estimations of who she was. But on the other hand, we shouldn't just assume, I don't think, that that God just looked at his watch and said, oh, Gabriel, look at the time, go find me a womb. I I don't think we should neglect the fact that, that God wanted his son to have a particular kind of mother. Particular kind of woman who would raise and nurture the Son of God. Mary did receive grace. Not, she did not dispense it, she received it. Verse 28, O favored one, O graced one. Verse 30, she has found grace with God, God graced her as he does Moses as he, as he did Noah as he does everyone Mary is blessed verse 42 blessed are you among women blessed is the fruit of your womb verse 45 blessed is she who believed Mary is blessed Mary is the Theotokos Mary bore God verse 35 The Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. Verse 43, the mother of my Lord, my kurios, the same word that they used for Yahweh. God blessed Mary in a way that no one else will be blessed in history. No one else is going to be blessed like Mary. But there was nothing in Mary that earned that blessing and nothing in Mary that you cannot have as well. And I'm not just speaking to mothers. Funny, uh, as it would so happen, Jesus himself, I think, imagine that, gives, gives to us the best way we should think about Mary on two different occasions. In Matthew 12, Jesus is told, Hey, Jesus, Mary, your your mom and your brothers are outside waiting for you. And what does he say? Who is my mother? Who are my brothers? Here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. In Luke chapter 11, Jesus was assaulted by the very first Roman Catholic, the very first Orthodox Christian, And the woman cried out, blessed is the womb that bore you and the breast that gave you nurse. And what does Jesus say? Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and keep it. Was Mary singularly blessed? Yes. Is there anything in Mary that we cannot have? No. Throughout these, these, this long passage, Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 55, we see three different conversations. The first conversation between Mary and Gabriel, where we see the recipients of God's grace respond with submission to the word of the Lord. The second conversation with Mary and Elizabeth, where we see hopeful belief in God's word results in a blessing. And the third conversation with Mary and the Lord, where we see that humble lovers of God's word are exalted worshipers. So the first conversation, beginning in verse 28, with Mary and Gabriel, we see that recipients of God's grace respond with submission to the word of the Lord. Mary is a recipient of God's grace, a recipient. She receives God's grace. She does not dispense it. She receives it. Greetings, O favored one, O graced one we could translate it if it didn't sound strange in English. Verse 30, you have found favor with God. Again, we could say you have found grace with God. God has graced you. Mary is a recipient of God's grace. And as a recipient of God's grace, she receives, she hears God's word. The word of God. And the word of God to her is the word of God. The word that comes to her is the word that describes who God is in verse 35. Who is this God? This word. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. The word of God is the revelation of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. A God With whom, according to verse 37, nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible with this God who is Holy Spirit, Almighty, and Son. How do we know that thing is impossible? Because infertility is not a problem with this God, as in the case of of Zechariah and Elizabeth. Infertility is not a problem. Yeah, I mean, okay, I, I get it. But infertile people have babies all the time now. Nothing is impossible with God. Virginity is not a problem with God. How will this be since I'm a virgin? Uh, Don't worry about it. The word of God comes to her. The word of God, the word revealing who God is. And the word of God centered on the word, the logos, the son of God. The word of God is centered on this one son, the the son of Mary verse 31, the son of the most high verse 32, the son of David verse 32, the son of God verse 35, the son of man and the son of God. A son according to verse 32 who will reign forever as king, whose reign will last forever according to verse 33. His reign will have no limits according to verse 33. There will be no end or no focusing not on time, but extent. There's no limits to his reign. A son who will reign over not just everything, but all time, for all time. This word of God comes to her as grace. Behold, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit come to bring this good news about a son who's coming to restore the fallen house of David. And this word of God results in submission. Verse 38, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Not any old womb would do. right? The Kardashians were not going to cut it. God wanted the mother of Jesus to be someone who was submissive to the word. The word of God comes to Mary, and what does she do? She submits. I am your servant, let it be to me according to your word. She submitted her body to the Lord. The last thing you would have heard Mary say is, my body, my choice. Did God bless Mary in a singular way? Yes. <laughs> Did God expect anything of Mary that he does not expect of you? No. Children, Romans 12:1. Romans 12:1. What does Romans 12:1 say? Present to God your what? Your bodies. Did God ask Mary to do something he has not told you to do? Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of a prostitute? Never. Or do you not know that he who is joined to a prostitute becomes one body with her? Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. Have you given your ears to God in the music that you listen to, in the podcast that you listen to, or is it your body, your choice? Have you given your eyes to God in the movies that you watch the things that you look at online or is it my body my choice have you given God the desires of your flesh or is it my body my choice the word of grace the revelation of God comes to Mary and she submits she submits her body she gave the Lord her body The word of God comes to us. And it says, do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Glorify God in your body. In the first conversation, first conversation then, we see an emphasis on God's grace and revelation. God graced Mary with this revelation of his word. The second conversation reveals the blessedness of, her, of believing in That revelation. The second conversation, verses 39 through 45, we see that hopeful belief in God's word brings blessing. Mary is blessed, verse 42. Blessed are you. Blessed is the fruit of your womb. Verse 45. Blessed is she who believed. Mary is blessed as a believer in the completion. We have the word fulfillment in our English Bibles, which is not the normal word for fulfillment, but but rather the word for completion, the the end. God completes his promises. He completes his word. She is blessed as a believer in the completion of God's word to her. Right? She believes that the God's word to her is true as far as she is going to have a baby that is her baby but not hers. God's baby, God's son in her womb, the Son of God, the Lord in her womb. but, but more than that and, and along with that, Mary sees the completion of God's promises far greater than just in, to her to her her own, her own self. She sees the completion of God's promises. The fulfillment of God's promises to David in verse verse 32. He will give, he will be called the Son of Most High. The Lord will give to him the throne of his father David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Throne, house, and kingdom are like red meat to somebody who knows the promises of God. Because that was the promise given to David. 2 Samuel 7 and 1 Chronicles 17, the Lord says, I will confirm him in my house and in my kingdom forever and his throne shall be established forever. House, throne, and kingdom was the substance of God's promise to David. And Mary says, sees and believes that this promise is going to be fulfilled in this baby, to be born. Not just the promise to David, but as we'll read later, as we see later in, in the song that she sings, the promise, according to verse 55, the promise to Abraham and to his offspring forever, which is, of course, the great Abrahamic promise, the great covenant with Abraham that I will be a blessing to you. I will bless those who curse, bless you and curse those who curse you And your offspring will be a blessing to all nations forever. Mary believed God. She believed God. She didn't just obey God. She believed God. Mary believed that God was going to complete the promises he made. And Mary believed that she would experience a part of that completion of what God spoke. For 600 years, the promise to David had been suspended. It had been gone. For 2,000 years, the promise to Abraham had had ebbed and flowed, had waxed and waned. But there was a promise from God that has been waiting for fulfillment even longer than the promise to David. 600 years. There was a promise from God waiting even longer than 2,000 years the promise to Abraham. It was, in fact, the very first promise God had made. I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. The very first promise, in Genesis 3.15, that the offspring of a woman would crush the head of the serpent. Mary believed this promise. Mary believed God's word, that he was sending an offspring, an offspring of a woman who would crush Satan's head, the deceiver. Mary believed God's promise, that he was sending an offspring, an offspring of Abraham, who would be a blessing to all nations. Mary believed this promise of God, that he would send an offspring of David, one whose house and throne and kingdom would reign forever. She believed in the offspring, the gospel. She believed the good news that God was sending a savior. God wanted the mother of Jesus to be someone who believed God keeps his word. Mary was such a woman, and God blessed her in her hopeful belief. And we are reminded that Mary's son said, Blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. Was it a blessing for Mary to to bear the Son of God? Of course it was a blessing. But consider fully what kind of blessing it was. Consider the blessing that Simeon told her it would be the blessing of a sword that would pierce through her own soul, the blessing of of a lost reputation, the blessing of murmurs and whispers of infidelity. What kind of blessing are you hoping for as you believe in God's word? Mary indeed found that it is the poor in spirit who are blessed. That it is the mourners who are blessed. That it is the meek who are blessed. It is those who hunger and thirst for righteousness who are blessed. It is those who are merciful that are blessed. It is those who are pure in heart that are blessed. It is those who are persecuted that are blessed. Those who are reviled and have all kinds of evil spoken against them falsely on Christ's account. Are blessed. This is the blessing that is promised to all who believe in God's Word. So, how does Mary respond to the grace of God's revelation and, and the blessing of believing in God's Word? Her final our final conversation, Mary's conversation with the Lord. We see that humble lovers of God's word are exalted worshipers. Mary is turned into a worshiper. My soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. She magnifies the Lord. Her soul exalts her Savior. Why? Because he has done great things for her. The humble, the lowly, he has built up. This is the theme of of this song that God exalts the humble. He lifts up the downcast. He feeds the hungry. He enriches the poor. As we as we read the Magnificat, this song of Mary, and as we read of God's mighty acts of salvation, there's this natural inclination and I think this desire that we have, which is understandable, that we see God do these things now. Right? God, turn my, turn my life around now. But close readers of Luke one thirty five know how long God takes to work. They get an indication of how God is going to accomplish this great Reversal. Because I think Luke, by the Holy Spirit, by the word that Gabriel is saying, is sort of keying us in, in verse 35, and how exactly God is going to reverse the fortunes of the lowly. Luke 1.35, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. This is not the first time we've heard this kind of language about the Holy Spirit coming over a place. Here, the Holy Spirit is coming over the dark, the empty, the formless womb of Mary. Where has the Holy Spirit done this before? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth and the earth was formless and void, and the Spirit of God hovered over the earth. What is the Holy Spirit doing? The Holy Spirit is charting out. God is announcing that now I am beginning a new creation. Now we are starting over. Now, I'm, now we are going to be about the process of undoing everything that has been done. Now all the knots that you've gotten yourselves tied up in are going to be untied and in that this idea that, that God, works, God is patient God works I can't say slowly because God is always on time God works deliberately and God works thoroughly and God is going to undo everything that we have done and set it right. And how does he do that? By once again sending his spirit to hover over this formless void of darkness to bring life. How does he do that? By giving us a second Eve. Eve, a virgin and undefiled. Mary, a virgin undefiled. Eve received the word of an angel. Satan, the serpent. Mary received the word of an angel. Gabriel. Eve responded with disbelief and distrust in God's word. Mary responded with belief and submission to God's word. Eve responded with disobedience. Mary with obedience Eve her actions giving fruit to Adam brought death to all Mary her actions believing submission results in life for all God is undoing the fall he is making a new creation We want we want to see God act now And sometimes God does that. But God works deep. And God works well. What put Mary in a position to believe the word spoken to her? To yield her full obedience? You know, maybe you say, well, I mean, Brad. I mean, obviously, an angel came to her. I mean, if I had an angel come to me and say, this is God's word, I would believe it. I don't think you would. I don't think you would because Jesus said as much in Luke 16 when someone asked for something very similar. Lord, just send them back someone from the dead and they'll believe you. And what did Jesus say? They've got Moses and the prophets. If they don't hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they believe if someone is sent back from the dead. Why did Mary respond with belief and submission when the angel came with the word of the Lord? Because she had already built her life around filling her mind with loving God's word. That's what we see in her song, verses 46 through 55. There is not a single line in Mary's song that we cannot find an echo of or or a source in in the Old Testament. In the back on the table with the clipboards, there's a a chart that has has some of the information I'm about to tell you, for those who are interested. But but not a single line comes from without the Old Testament. My soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior. 1 Samuel 2.1 Hannah prayed, My heart exalts in the Lord, my horn is exalted in the Lord, my mouth derides my enemies. Habakkuk 3.18, I will rejoice in the Lord, I will take joy in the God of my salvation. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant, for behold, now, from now on all generations will call me blessed. 1 Samuel 11, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your servant. Genesis 29, Leah said, The Lord has looked on my affliction. Now my husband will love me. Happy am I, for women will call me happy. Blessed. Luke 1:49. He who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. There is none holy like the Lord, for there is none besides you. There is no rock like our God. 1 Samuel 2:2. Psalm 111, 9, He has sent redemption to his people. He has commanded his covenant forever. Holy and awesome is his name. Luke 150, his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. Psalm 103, 17, steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him. Luke 151, he has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. Psalm eighty nine ten. you crushed Rahab like a carcass. You scattered your enemies with your mighty arm. Luke 152, he has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. Psalm 89.10, You have brought down the proud as one who is slain, and with the arm of thy power you have scattered your enemies. Luke 153, He has filled the hungry with good things, the rich he has sent empty away. Psalm 107.9, He satisfies the longing soul, and the hungry soul he fills with good things. Luke 154, He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy Isaiah 41.8, but you, Israel, my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen. Psalm 98.3, he has remembered his steadfast love and faithfulness to the house of Israel. Luke 155, as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and his offspring forever. Micah 7.20, you will show faithfulness to Jacob and steadfast love to Abraham as you have sworn to our fathers from the days of old. Mary didn't need an angel to come to her to give her God's word, to obey it, and to, to submit to it, to believe it. What? She had it already in her heart. Why was Mary so quick to believe and complete in her obedience? Because she had filled her mind with God's word already. She had pondered Psalm 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. She had pondered Psalm 119.97, Oh, how I love your law, it is my meditation day and night. God wanted his son to have a mother who responded with obedience to the word of God surrendering her will and body to God's will. God wanted his son to have a mother who believed God's word and complete believed God completed his promise. God wanted his son to have a mother who filled her mind and heart with God's word. One who was able to respond to God's mighty acts of deliverance with his very own words of praise. So, so when we When we really consider it, and when we consider it from, I think, the right perspective, the most remarkable thing about Mary is how unremarkable she was. Does God not desire for you to fill your mind with the Scripture? Does God not desire for you to believe He keeps His promises? Does God not believe, desire for you to obey and yield your body to him? Indeed, for whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother, my sister, and mother. Indeed, for blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and keep it. I, I hope that considering Mary is, is, an, encourage, is an encouragement to mothers. God doesn't expect you to be a supermom. You are a supermom if you're a mom, and if you're filling your mind with Scripture, believing God's promises, and yielding your body to Him, that's what that's 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 all God expects from you. All. Oh. It's so easy. That's all God expects of grandparents, of grandpas and grandmas, of fathers. That's all God expects of children. In Mary we see what we're all, it's just what God expects, what God blesses. Simple faith, simple belief, simple obedience. This great chain of meditation, belief, and obedience fueled by joy in God her Savior, and by the blessing of grace that God gave to her. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your grace that you have given to us in Christ Jesus. We are thankful that in Mary we do not see a super saint, a fourth member of the Trinity, We do not see someone who is achieving or accomplishing or has some sort of merit that that none of your children can have. But that indeed it is what you desire for all of us to have, to be. To simply believe your word. To believe that you keep your word. To obey your word. To yield our bodies to obedience. And to be filling our mind with your word. Father, we are thankful that you have kept your word in your son, Jesus Christ. We thank you that you have sent him to us to fulfill all of your promises, that that we find in Jesus yes to everything you've said, yes to everything you've promised. Yes, Jesus is your yes to us, that we are accepted in him before you. Father, strengthen us with this joy. Strengthen us with this grace that you have given to us to indeed receive your word with joy, to receive your word with humbleness that we may experience and know your blessing. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.